Bar Media. Welcome to the Local Podcast, a podcast about all things local, brought to you by Charlene Comerford and Justin April. All right, episode 140, Carolyn Oak. What's up, guys? Lady? Yeah, I'm so used to guys because... I don't mind. I, open, I really don't. I open this show up with, like, generally, we'll ha- I've had upwards of, like, six people in the room, and trying to manage those conversations can be daunting, so I'm glad that it's not hyper-plural guys. I, I grew up. I'm, I'm a nice child lady. of the 80s. We, yeah. Is everybody's Everybody's dude. a guide or a dude yeah. or, you know. Everything's rad. <laughs> so, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. It's a, it's a dreary morning out here. It's raining a bit, but it's, it's just water. I know. I'm actually kind of excited just because it's been very, very, like, almost flu-like hot outside. And every time I leave my... Like, I took my trash out last night, and I thought I had a fever break. And that's not what you want in February. No. Not at no. all. Um, I'm talking this morning about doing some travel stuff. And luckily for us, Carolyn is a travel agent. And we're going to talk to her about... Um, just advantages of using a travel agent versus just Googling it because Google ain't been there. Google doesn't know you. They can't, they don't know what you're after, what kind of experiences you're trying to find. And if you can interact with a human like Carolyn, that's, that's the best way. Absolutely. So, um, how did you get started in this business? I grew up traveling. My parents, um, were older parents when I came along and they thought nothing of, of just, packing me up in the car and this is when we didn't have seat belts or car seats oh, the good old days the good old days um and just taking me wherever they decided to go so uh, i did a lot of trips up to tennessee to visit my grandmother and grandfather where and are you from originally originally i'm from texas Ooh, we're at <laughs> we're at in texas that's um, a big I, state it is a big state it's more east texas i grew up um, in a little place called Mineral Wells, okay. which isn't far from where I was born in Fort Worth. I gotcha. So that you didn't get wrapped up in that uh, Dr Pepper saga from a couple of years over there nah. <laughs> when they uh, I, I'm, they're switching the patents and they were taking they're trying to take cane sugar out of the original Dr Pepper recipe. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I can't remember the name of the town, but it starts with a D. It's like Dewey, but it's not that Dewey, Denton? Texas, Denton, Texas. I'll look at them later. Okay. But it's, uh, yeah, they were trying to use um, high fructose corn syrup instead of pure cane sugar. And it was changing the taste and the original, like where, it's oh, yeah. based on the town around where Dr. Pepper originated. Yes. And they were like. And I don't know what that town is. Oh, so. Yeah, sorry. But that's okay. So um, moved here in eight, so I call myself an Texan. All right. And uh, <laughs> so Alabama's my home. Um, I married my husband 30 years ago, mm-hmm. last December, and he's Air Force. So that's when I left Alabama, and then when he retired, and so you got a lot of travel back, under so, your belt yes. while you were. Yes, I do. So running around with him. Um, where was he stationed while you guys were? Mostly, um, we had one overseas assignment, which was in Okinawa, mm-hmm. and I took a trip. I took advantage of every place I could go. I bet that food was. Something else. It was. It was really good. So I've been to Thailand. I've been to Korea. I've been to China. I've been to Guam. I mean, mainland Japan. It was just really fun traveling over there and and learning about different cultures. Yeah. I'm trying to get myself to Heilong Bay in Vietnam. Okay. It's just like... I can get you there. As far as I've seen, some of the most amazingly scenic 
And it's all water. Like it's yes. almost it's just a bunch of mountains coming out of the water and floating like a floating town. I'm trying to go get down. I want to get a jet ski and a couple Red Bulls and some sunscreen and just go for like a few days and hang out. That sounds like fun. I think it'd be great. Yeah. I have a bad habit of watching uh, Top Gear and the Grand Tour on Amazon. Mm, and I haven't seen those. It's um, three British gentlemen and they it's it originated as a car show, but it kind of morphed into a travel show. Mm-hmm. And so they would build these absurd vehicles themselves and then have to get to a certain point. And that was like their challenge for their hour long special. And one of them was at Heilong Bay and they had to make, um, they had to make their own floating vehicle out of garbage essentially to get like, I don't know, 50 miles out into a bay. I don't know those particular shows, but I love shows like that. Yes. If you have a chance check out the okay. grand tour on the language is a little harsh sometimes but i mean i'm married air crew it's fine. i was gonna say girl you know <laughs> you know how it gets yes um so yeah so just you just got so i i was traveling my entire life this um, is india yeah my just, um brother when i was uh, a teenager my brother was stationed in germany and they stayed there for six and a half years Cologne, germany is so a beautiful town. we went over for um a summer and mm-hmm. just use their place as home base. So I've been to Israel. I've been, I can't even tell you how many countries in Europe I've been to. And um, it was a long time ago, but we have, I've continued this tradition with my yeah. children. So we've done, as a family, the Mediterranean. We've done France and England. Um, my youngest son wants to go to Germany so bad that I think he's going to, you know, come down the stairs and let her hose in at some point in his life. <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds like a good good October to me. Oh, yes. Sounds like a solid October. Um, you don't have any room for another child that's 37 and looks exactly like me? <laughs> well, um, I'm all, I adopted my two. I can adopt you too. Let's get it. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, we can figure out this paperwork. I'm trying to go on these family trips. My mom would take me to Chipley. Like, get in the car. We're going to Chipley. We're going to go, and we're going to the chuck wagon, and thank I, her. I'm terribly sorry for the family that owned that place when it burnt 20 years ago but i was very very excited that that place was no longer on the map (laughs) or on my uh on my list of potential dinners Mm -hmm. um trying to find food in random towns like if you're not familiar with the area like how uh how do you navigate that or do you can you put packages together for people that are specifically trying to get a particular experience like if they're into that or yes, if they're yes um my specialty happens to be food and wine oh awesome and so i am um, building tours to different wineries mm-hmm. there's there's wineries and places you wouldn't think they would be um, Defuniac springs <laughs> Defuniac springs um have you ever heard of the wineries in jordan jordan like Comma jordan where? the the country the in the country? middle east no. i was yes. wor- i thought like lake jordan <laughs> I think very locally first and then go out from there. And I'm like, wait, what states have Jordans in them? Yeah, so there's there's actually um, wineries in, in Jordan, which isn't far from Egypt mm-hmm. and Saudi Arabia. And um, it's really close to Israel, obviously. Um, there's wineries in Scandinavia. And you wouldn't think about yeah, that wineries snowy. being there. It would have to be, you know, you think of it being cold and snowy and glaciers mm-hmm. and... 
whatever, but there's wineries up there. Um, so I have an ac- access to wineries in Chile, Argentina, Australia, you name it. I've got it. That's awesome. How, so, um, and you can do this for like, a how many, is there like a minimum? If I decided that I was going to go to Napa for, I can do singles all the way up to groups. That's awesome. So it just depends on how you want to travel and when you want to go. Somehow my lovely wife got roped into going on this girl's trip and I don't know, I don't understand why guys trips is always very much camping in the woods where it costs zero dollars and you have to go, you have to drive and be miserable the whole time. And, but girls trips involve like massages and there's a lazy river that takes you to your room for whatever reason. Yeah. There's, there's a reason for that. It's, yeah. I'm, I don't know about it. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I, th- I feel like the, the balance is a little off, but I'm very proud to. When we to lived in New Mexico, um, the, the group that we hung around with, the husbands would take the children and mm-hmm. it looked like a Boy Scout troop when oh, sure. they took all the children together. They would take the children out in the woods. They go ha- hiking and camping yeah. and doing all of that. The wives would go to the spa yeah. for three days. It was we'd get great. these cucumbers <laughs> on his eyes and mellow out. That's the way to do it. Um, I've been vacationing horrendously wrong this whole time. Um, so as far as planning a trip, what's the, how, how do you plan your ideal trip? And I'll, I'll tell you how I plan mine, and you can laugh at how elementary my well, planning is. My ideal trip starts, for me, starts with where have I never been before. Sure. And then I'll think about the different areas that I want to go. There's there's so many countries out there that I have not had the opportunity to explore as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. In 2015, um, we were on a cruise, and this is when we were doing the Mediterranean cruise, and we went to a, a, a country called Montenegro. Mm-hmm. And um, it's close to Croatia. It's part of the old um, Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. And it was charming. When you're going in on the on the on the ship, you're going through this fjord that is just absolutely beautiful and dotted with these old castles and and uh, little villages and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to go back there. That's one of the places I went to Montenegro for an afternoon. I'd like to go back for more time oh, and sure. explore it. Well, that's the cool thing about yeah. so America. I mean, what we look at as America today is so recent compared to everything that's over there yes when you're talking about 2000 year old 2000 years of history you tend to think the roman sure um, empire you don't necessarily always think about england and france Mm -hmm. but they have over 2000 years of history their their roman temples still standing in the middle of london so we are a young country compared to a lot of the countries in the world you can see it just in I mean, the North East, New England, mm-hmm. all the, like old traditional yeah. 1800s, archi- 1700s ar- architecture. Mm-hmm. And then you go out West and there's obviously none of that. Right. But that's not to say that exploring the United States isn't yeah. worth doing. No, that is absolutely so many things. I've been to 26 states. I've got a goal of getting to all 50 before my youngest is 18. So. I mean, we can get it. We can get, to, we can get you to Florida and Georgia in 30 minutes right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> I know travel agent. Yes. Um, what's your favorite, the your absolute favorite place or favorite 
kind of place to go, whether it be like beachy or mountainy or maybe it's a city? Um, I prefer the mountains over the beaches. I just don't, I love like watching the water, but I don't like the sand. Yeah, that sand gets <laughs> everywhere. It does, and it multiplies. Mm-hmm. Um, but sitting out on a balcony looking at the ocean, that's fine. Um, but I am more of a mountains person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the heat. I don't either. Yeah. Um, Switzerland is probably the first thing that comes to mind mm-hmm. because, again, I've, I've been in Switzerland, but it was 35 years ago. and You miss those Alps. I, you know, I miss those Alps, exactly. I've been up on the Matterhorn, which That's is the awesome. highest, um, highest peak in Germany. And it's, it's amazing, and I'd like to go back and see some more. I know it's changed completely since I've been there. Have you ever been to Alaska? Yes. I just did an Alaskan cruise last year. How was that? It was amazing. It was hot, though. Hotter than I was expecting. When did you go? I went in June. So it was uh, low 80s, but I packed for, you know, high 60s. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Glacier Bay is probably the favorite thing that we did on that cruise. I mean, we went to Ketchikan and um, someplace else, Seaward. and oh, yeah, yeah. So, um and we even took uh, one of the excursions we took was a train up into the old Yukon mm-hmm. train up into British Columbia and then turned around and came back. The scenery is absolutely amazing. Gold, uh, bald eagles everywhere. Moose, you know, just kind of tromping around I, out there. Yeah, bald eagles in Alaska are like pigeons in New York City. Yes, they, they are, are under everything. Like yes. you can't, I don't, I can't imagine owning a car wash in Alaska with all the. <laughs> <laughs> the giant birds I got fl- like flying around. Somebody's mm-hmm. gonna make a killing. Um, the crazy thing about I, I use Alaska a lot in um, goofy analogies because I just watch. So I'm I'm from upstate New York, mm-hmm. and so I get wrapped up in these like weird homesteader shows. And some of them take place in Alaska, some of them are in Canada, and it just gives me that weird homey vibe. So I just am mm-hmm. drawn to it naturally. But the remoteness. Like, our country has a significant infrastructure compared yes, to does. a lot of countries that are older than ours. But well, Alaska is not, ba- like, Alaska is basically a junior version of Russia that we bought, much. right? Um, you know, that's, no that's offense, how, um, <laughs> you know, um, every, a few months every year when it's, it's cold enough, um, there's actually um, the, the straits between Alaska mm-hmm. and Russia get very close to each other and sometimes sometimes they'll actually even you know you can Overlap. walk across it mm-hmm. but the Bering Strait there um that's one of the reason one of the ways they think that possibly the um Native Americans came through mm-hmm. and down through that area yeah. and the ancestors um you know there's there's lots of theories out there but nothing beats that I've seen the Alaska the wilderness yeah i don't think i think that's like one of the last i mean it's you have places in like remote just super remote places Mm -hmm. and the bottom of the ocean and that's the only wilderness that we really have left yes but there there is a lot in alaska to still explore absolutely um you know most of it above the arctic circle um you probably may or may not want to go there because it does tend to be a little bit more desolate Mm mm-hmm but then you start that is also the wildlife yeah. too. So I mean, there are there are actually tours, um, cruises, and tours. They call them cruise tours. Sure, they're put it, put together, and some of them actually go up into Fairbanks and then even further beyond. And so, um, 
I feel like I'd, I feel like I'd do very badly in a situation or, or like a, in a living scenario where I was completely shut off. You know, people. I think I'm going to stay where other people are. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to at least be able to give somebody a weird look every now and again, like, or confirm that I just need somebody to confirm that you saw that too. Yes. A lot of times we were at a ball the other night and somebody, actually the king of our Mardi Gras crew, Jason Devane, he had this big metal chalice and it had whatever it was he was drinking and he bumped into me and dropped it and the chalice landed directly on the bottom of it and didn't spill a drop. Oh my goodness. And we looked at each other and I didn't know what else to say and I said, that was beautiful. And just walked away (laughs) like he meant to do it. And it's, yeah, let's just find that lightning in a bottle moment type yes. situation. Yes, and there are a lot of those. The adventure, um, I was telling you earlier about a camp that I'm sending yeah. my children to. Where is um, that? It's different places. The The campground is They got called, like a network? Well, it's it's, um, it's through Adventure Tracks, and they're oh, gotcha. out of um, North Carolina. And last summer, they were in uh, Portland, Oregon, and Washington. They actually climbed Mount St. Helens. Oh, right. And then this year, they're going to be in um, British Columbia. Well, they keep going from about 13, 12, 13, all the way up to 17, 18, and 19. Mm -hmm. And they do a month, when you're getting into that 17, 18, and 19 age group, they will do a leadership conference or mm, not conference a retreat or something like a that. leadership retreat that's a good word for it uh where they spend a month in alaska let's get it can and i how old are you gonna be not 37 uh, i think not 37 is the well, answer you know maybe if you shave the beard and <laughs> if i shave the beard i'll look seven like, that's the problem <laughs> this thing takes 30 years off i take this thing off I'm but a, uh, it's an exciting experience and alaska is an amazing place to have it sure the best thing my favorite thing about travel is obviously you experience different stuff, but you get to see the way other people work and other societies function. Most people now that are that are looking for traveling aren't looking to see; they're yeah, looking they, to, to experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, expedition cruises. You can go to Alaska. You can actually even, I mean, excuse me, Antarctica. Mm-hmm. If you have the money, these aren't inexpensive trips. Sure, but you can actually camp on Antarctica for a couple of nights if that's what you want to do. Um, and these are through cruise ships and, and even flights from Argentina onto the continent. And those things are there. They actually experience. They see the wildlife. Mm-hmm. They see the penguins. Um, well, the more you can interact with it, the more it becomes part of who you are and the mm-hmm. more you care about it and the more you like fight for it. And Exactly. Like going into Bangkok, mm-hmm. you know, you can go into Bangkok, stay in a beautiful hotel, eat in great restaurants and really not experience Absolutely. Bangkok. Yeah. So lot, lots of people, not everybody and that's okay, but lots of people want to have the experience. They want to experience the culture. They want yeah. to experience the people. They want to experience something different than they experience every day. But they also want to do it where they know, it's where safe. They, they know it's safe. They know where they got their travel accommodations books yes. and they have a relationship with that person, which is why I feel like what you do is so important nowadays because there's so many, um, I, don't, I don't know what the word is. Uh, there's just so many different avenues to be taken advantage of when you're dealing in a digital world that it's good to have boots on the ground fighting for you it is good to have boots on the ground and when you're on 
the computer looking for those traps, mm-hmm. there's some really good deals on the internet. I'm not going to say that there aren't. Yeah, but you might end up in a hostel next to somebody with like exactly. malaria. It's, it's more that. of a kind of a buyer beware because the beautiful uh, hotel room that they're showing for mm-hmm. $99 in you know the middle of Mayfair, London, which by the way, there probably aren't any. Sure. Um, it may be at a nice hotel, but that might not be the room you get. Well, yeah, and I'm you a, may end up getting the one that looks over the trash cans or sure. something along those lines. I have a, I shoot a lot of commercial photography. Some of the stuff I do is for real estate companies, and it, mm-hmm. they've never said make this look exactly the way it looks. <laughs> it always needs to look a little bit better than. Yes. I mean, that's a, that's the only reason filters on Instagram yeah. exist. Like, let's see if we can make this just a touch better. Now, if you're looking to stay to only sleep in your hotel room, that might yeah. be fine with you. But if you're looking to experience um, a level of luxury, if you don't normally get to experience luxury, sure. or if you're looking to um, experience the culture of that area of London, um, it might be fine. Yeah. But if you're looking for a luxury experience and luxury means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, when you think of luxury, you think of the five star hotel and the Michelin star robes and you know, yeah, uh, sleep restaurants masks everywhere. And, and if you are in a room overlooking the garbage cans, that doesn't really give the ambience that you're looking for. It's all about the experience. Yeah. So what I do, um, what, what a travel advisor does mm-hmm is you can come to me and you can say, I want to go here and I want to go on this ship and I want to do, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Sure. But if you and your significant other comes in and one of you likes to have adventure and the other one likes to sit by the pool, I need to make that experience for both of those people. Sure. So I yeah. have to ask questions. I have to get to know Absolutely. my clients. I have to find out what they are actually thinking about and what they are yeah, actually... If you don't know those variables, you can't do an effective exactly, job. You know? So what? one of the questions I ask is, what kind of experience do you want to have? Mm-hmm. And if I've got two different answers to that question, then I have to find something that brings them both. Happy medium. Which may not be the original yeah, they may go, they idea go into a that town. they came into. So mm-hmm. we, um, When I was chatting with my wife or before we got married we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for our honeymoon and i was like she very much was she's very much a keep it relaxed very stress-free that's how she unwinds Mm -hmm. i just wind myself way tighter when i'm on vacation so this doesn't seem so bad on like like the (laughs) day-to-day and so like when i go if i leave Dothan to go travel for personal stuff and it's just me and there's very little resting going on yeah. it is I am up at sun up just about I will be what doing whatever it is that I came to do like within probably 40 minutes of my feet hitting the floor and it doesn't matter what the weather is I'm just gonna go out I'm gonna soak all this up and then I'll come home and then it's almost like secondhand fun is the way I describe it where it's Definitely fun while you're out there, but then when you come back and you look back on it, you're like, that was a ridiculous trip. We would, we've gone, I've gone for a week in Apalachicola, just living out of my vehicle, just seeing if we could, I think we did, we had like a hundred mile loop that we had mapped out Mm -hmm. and just creeped along about 20 a day and 
came home and it was obviously it wasn't ideal because we were sleeping in the woods and I didn't know if there was going to be a any kind of animal come creeping through my hammock at night or whatever. There's food everywhere. Like there's just a lot. Yeah. But to be able to find somebody that can marry the two of like a, like a a hot tub versus a water hose shower. Mm -hmm. Cause that is basically the opposite ends of the spectrum with me and my wife. Like I'm very much like, just hose me off. I'll be fine. And she's like, that water better be at least above 103 (laughs) degrees. But she's not, I mean, I say that like she's high maintenance. She's not. No, it's just people like different things. Sure. And if you're and on vacation, you want to vacate. You want to you want to kick those feet up and enjoy it as much mm-hmm. as you can. That's right. Why um, not? So do you do stuff predominantly for vacations or do you do I'm more, any business stuff? Or um, I know there's. I'm more leisure. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I, like act, I like acting as an advocate for people. Sure. Um. If somebody comes to me and says they need plane tickets, you know, for work, I'd take it. Yeah. Um, it would have to be with a fee because airlines don't pay commissions no. anymore. Yeah. But I would definitely do that. And mm-hmm. I have some clients that aren't corporate clients that do come and ask me for that. Yeah. And they're they're happy to pay the fee and I try to give them the best price mm-hmm. and away they go. Um but most of those are people that have come to me for vacation options. Yeah. So. When I was seven. Oh, okay. I moved here when I was seven years old, Syracuse. And one of the ways that I kind of cohabitated is I just did dual citizenship, basically, is I would I'll go to school here from... I Nobody knew this, but September until May. I had like the most... It's probably why I... Uh, I'm very unhirable at this stage of my life. Uh, it's all the all the months I just chopped out of my nine months of school. But yeah, I would leave like the beginning of May, go back to New York for the summer, come back in the beginning of September. And at seven years old, navigating an airport by yourself is not a thing. They will not let you do that. Nope. And so our travel agent that we used that was in Syracuse because that's where we were from, she set it up to where I could have a babysitter essentially or mm-hmm. have a escort. We'll call it a escort sounds racier than I want it to for a seven year old kid. <laughs> uh, we'll they, call they it a, a, a travel buddy. Yeah, yeah there you go. That is exactly that actually. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've sent my kids um, as unaccompanied minors a couple of mm-hmm. times. Um, if you're then to the age of 15, you cannot navigate the airport by yourself. Yeah. So you actually have an employee of the airline that takes you, um, you can, as a parent, you can go through security. Sure. Um, but a lot of times it's better if they take them from the security area mm-hmm. and take them to where their gate is. And then they bring them on the plane and they put them in a certain place on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um and then they can't get off the plane without that, you know, yep, another you attendant wait. coming oh, yeah. through. I, I remember so that it, all it's too definitely, well. um, it's definitely a process, but it keeps your children safe. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, security, TSA to begin with, is doing all they can to do. <laughs> I feel like they're doing all they can to make me late to that flight sometimes, but I'd rather be late than not arrive at exactly. my destination. You um, know what I mean? You know, most, most TSA, you do get a few bad apples in the bunch sure. that just... Maybe they had a bad day or you, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Do you happen to follow TSA on Instagram? 
No, you actually. should because they put up all the time. They're putting up like this random, like sometimes it'll be like gun parts or like mm-hmm. fireworks, just silliness people are trying to bring through. Yeah, it's amazing what people try to bring through, and a lot of times it's. <sighs> I don't, I don't know exactly how to put this, but a lot of times it's, oh, I didn't know that was in there. Well, how could you not know? You know, so. That, that, yeah, I mean, packing is a huge deal, too. Packing is a huge deal um, with all the, the stuff that's happened in the last 20 years. You know, we've had to get more strict. Sure. I, re- I remember when, you know, going through security was going through a metal detector and that was it. Oh, yeah. You know. And if you um, were that kid, that seven-year-old being escorted by your, uh, at the time, American Airlines or. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever it was, they would, um, they just let you skip the line. They were like, you didn't like seven year old kids. Kids not smart enough to do anything. So yeah, that, that, that is part of it. Um, but I think as a whole TSA, um, TSA feels a need that we have to have there. Um, Mm -hmm. think about it, you know, with nine 11 and some of the other incidents that have happened, they, you know, people were clamoring, okay, we need to do something to make sure. this safer so that we know, um, who's coming in. Yeah. So it's as much as a comfort thing. It's supposed to it be is. a comfort thing. And it's not supposed to be a pain. A lot of the times people, um, what I find is that if I'm nice to the TSA agent, oh, yeah, it's a breeze. they're, they're nice to me. Yeah. Um, every once in a while I've had a stinger, but for the most part, they've just, you know, they, they see thousands of people a day. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, when you talk to people like when you, you do, talk to a thousand sometimes people a day. it's hard to stay positive the mm-hmm. entire time. However, most of them are good people. They're oh, doing yeah. their job. They're trying to keep us safe. And a way to kind of counteract, oh, I'm going to be late for my flight is just arrive to the airport a little earlier. Sure. That's a, I've never been good at getting places earlier. Um, there, there is some things that you can do to mitigate it. I don't know if you know about the known traveler. Uh, program for I know they have like um, you can set up for like uh, TSA pre-check stuff and yeah. through known travelers for travel within the United States mm-hmm. and it may include Canada but I'm not sure it's in the United States global entry is um, you go to an airport you apply for it they mm-hmm. fingerprint you they go through all these questions and then you are you're basically cleared to go in the TSA pre-check um, and when you come back into the States, you get through customs a lot faster. Ooh, customs is fair, man. It can I, be. You have got to have your act together when you get to that counter. Yes. I went on my 25th birthday. I decided I was going to Belfast, Ireland for a month. It wasn't a month. It was 10, 12 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I landed, this is in 2005 or six. landed... Um, no cell service because it was 2006 mm-hmm. and I got off the plane, didn't do any, like I was meeting a friend of mine that was over there on an exchange program. So she was at Queens university in Belfast mm-hmm. and she just said, yeah, I'm on this exchange program. Come party. It'll be fun. It's your birthday. It's going to be awesome. Okay. That's the amount of information that I got. I gave her my flight number and what time I'd be there. That was it. I showed up and sat at that gate for an hour and a half. She went to the domestic uh, domestic pickup, and I was obviously not that. So I was sitting there talking to myself, and I was like, all right, Justin, 
now you're real far from home. You're real far from literally everybody you know, except for one person in a country. How are we going to handle this? And I was like, I looked at my watch. I kind of looked around. I went back in, grabbed a snack from the airport, sat on my bag, and I said, if she's not here in the next two hours, I'm getting on a bus or getting in a taxi, and I'm just going to go towards civilization. And then if we bump into each other, we bump into each other. And if we don't, it'll be a weird 12 days. <laughs> and Well, you know, one of the things that I've noticed in my travels um, throughout my life is people are pretty much the same everywhere. Absolutely. And if you're nice to them and try to speak their language, um, then they're going to be nice to you and they're going to try to help you. I feel like that language thing is such a booger for me because... Well, especially when I hear people, when I hear people speaking broken Spanglish from the South, it is very, very humorous to me. One of my best friends, Patricia Devane, she is from Guatemala and her native tongue is Spanish. And so for me to say things to her in Spanish, she just cracks up. Well, remember, she's speaking Guatemalan Spanish. Yeah, but my Spanish Spanish, is like, I've got like Ashford Spanish though. Like I don't. My Spanish is not high level at all. I know like banyo for bathroom, and I know that's completely <laughs> mispronounced. But the uh, the cartoonish way that everything gets just horrendously butchered when you try to phonetically sound it out is yes very enjoyable. We were talking about Ireland earlier. I was in Ireland last year, and I read a lot, mm-hmm. and um, I love stories that take place in Ireland because. Some of my ancestry comes from there. And I learned while I was in Ireland that the Irish words that you see are not pronounced phonetically. No. <laughs> they, no. It's just completely different. Like all that Gaelic dialect and stuff oh, like that? Yes. Like it's, ooh, yeah, so, it's a whole different world. Um, I thought cheers in, uh, you know, like you're cheersing mm-hmm. a drink and, and um, cheers was salante. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what it was. It's not. It's it's spelled Solante, but it's pronounced Solange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So never in yeah. a million years would I thought that the way it was spelled was the way it w- is not the way it would sound. Yeah. It's, I mean, have you ever tried to read, like, Mandarin Chinese? Mm, no. Like, try to sound those <laughs> out. I can't figure it out. No. I think it's roadmaps. I think it's just roadmaps trying to explain what's going on and whatever the sentence is. But yeah. I'm, I'm not a linguist by any means. Um, oh, this rain is going to put me to sleep. Well, we'll try I'm to keep excited. you awake. <laughs> no, I meant like after you guys leave. I'm going to take a nap. Oh, okay. Curl up. So, Well, you were also talking about, um, uh, we were talking about being nice to people when you're there. When my husband and I were stationed in Okinawa, we went on a trip with another couple, and we went to Thailand. Mm-hmm. And we stayed some time in Bangkok, but we actually went to uh, an island called Koi Samoy. And it was just a, a very general island. The place we, the hotel we stayed at was $15 a night. It was a hut with a thatched roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I know to a lot of people that probably yeah. sounds terrible, but depending no, like was, depending on what the humidity is <laughs> and depending on what the temperature is outside, like it may be more comfortable what you live in most times. So anyway, we were there with a lot of different a lot of Westerners, but we were the only Americans that were there. Anne and I, uh, the the two wives, um, 
my husband and her husband, Kevin, mm -hmm. spent a lot of time in Thailand, so they knew more Thai than we did. Sure. We just knew basically how to say thank you mm -hmm. and check, please. But we did. You know, when they, when is, we, we used those two phrases when they brought us to the table and, you Absolutely. know, we, we tried. Well, we had a thing because we, we were traveling around Asia for 28 days, so we would all split up. Um, in the afternoon, so we didn't get tired of each oh, other. Oh, sure, yeah. Cabin and fever. So I would go to the restaurant um, to write because it overlooked this beautiful little lagoon. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to the uh, into the restaurant and to my table, there was already a Mekong Coke sitting there. Mekong is their local whiskey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, I was treated like a queen just simply because I said thank you in Thai. Absolutely. Well, so. the other thing is, like, if you bump into somebody here stateside and they just rattle off, like, if you move or whatever and they just rattle off some random syllables in your direction, mm -hmm. you don't know how to take that. Th no. That could be, that dude, you might feel threatened for no reason. I mean, you don't know. If you don't, yeah, that's one of the reasons. I guess that's why it's so important and why they but there are, are so translator programs now that you can oh, get yeah. on your phone that you can speak into it in English mm -hmm. and tell it to speak to somebody in Thai and go back and forth. So I mean, there are ways to oh, communicate. Sure. So most people, we get Americans get a bad rap because we go someplace and expect everybody to speak English. Oh, and and not everybody does that. I mean, you know, there's. But but that's the impression oh, that sure, other yeah, people yeah. get of us. Um, if you just knew how to ask a few words, just try. Mm -hmm. They may speak perfect English, and they'll speak perfect English back to you. But as long as you try, they understand that, oh, okay, he's trying to speak my language, so I'll help him out. Yeah, so. if you can pick up a Rosetta Stone if you're leaving the country. Mm -hmm. I was a buddy of my. Well, I went on this art club trip when I was a senior in high school. And it was through... EF tours, and it was like a 15 or 17 day trip. We went from went from here to I think Amsterdam to Cologne, Germany. We did uh, Brussels, Belgium, Paris, and then London, and came home. We got lost almost immediately when we were in Amsterdam, and it. I mean, it's I think I was 17 or 18, and the buddy I was with my accountability buddy that was probably less responsible than me at the time. Um, yeah, we got lost almost immediately. But that is so much fun when you're going to... It was a blast. Place. We got... The way it happened, we got on a train. It was not the right one. And we wound up out where all the big fields and windmills are, which is not Amsterdam proper at yeah, all. Yeah, not what a 17-year-old's looking for, so... But. Not necessarily. I mean, I wasn't mad that we came across it. Yeah. I was concerned that it was dark and snowing. Ah. That was where my big, that's where the, the hair on the back of my neck started to stand up. And I was like, okay, well, back to this weird feeling of like unfamiliarity, mm -hmm. like strange, strange, uh, I don't know, strange vibes in a strange town. And yeah, we started walking back and I realized like, I don't know the language. Like in Ireland, it's one thing or mm -hmm. in like English speaking countries, but we were, where everybody's speaking Dutch mm -hmm. and, when you're 17, you assume everybody is blown out of their mind on pot in uh, Amsterdam because you just assume that about everybody over there. And yeah, I was terrified. I didn't just like, 
I don't want to talk to this dude because he might get be geeked up on whatever, and I don't know about this guy. And so I ended up looking for moms. Like I ended up like trying to find comforting looking female people to be like, I've done this all wrong, and I've just I had a business card of the hotel I was staying in. I was like, I need to be here, and I'm currently here. How do we make this happen? Well, it's a good thing that you had the business card. That's with you. Yes. That's another um, travel tip that you need to know I try where to you're tell going. My clients never leave. Mm-mm. your hotel without a business card or the address yeah. because even if your phone dies yeah like you're not gonna know that's people rely so much on their phone too and it terrifies me it I, does I, but they're useful oh absolutely but i couldn't so. tell you i know my wife's cell phone number and i know my parents landline that they had disconnected eight years ago those are the two phone numbers i currently have in my head at all <laughs> times it's silliness like these phones i think have made me real soft in my old age i don't know so, but, um, um how'd you go ahead? How'd you end up coming up with your business name? I put a lot of thought into the business name. Um, my last name is Olk, okay. uh, which was my, I took my husband's name when I got married and it's German mm-hmm. and his parents immigrated from Germany. He's first generation American. So I was trying to pull some of that in. I was looking at some of the different trade routes mm-hmm. and a lot of the different trade routes had already been taken, like the spice road and sure the Silk Road and whatever. Um, So I looked up and came across the Amber Road. Mm -hmm. And the Amber Road is an ancient trading um, route that went from ancient Rome to the Baltic Sea. Okay. And then there were lots of split split offs Mm -hmm. from there. And they're famous for trading amber beads. Okay. Which was um, a luxury back then. Sure. And so I came up with, okay, how, how about Andrew or Amber Road? And then there's an Amber Road travel company in England that's commercial. Okay. So I put an S on the roads and because everybody doesn't have the same road. Sure. Not everybody's traveling the same oh, road. Yeah. So that's how I came up with Amber Roads Travel. That's awesome. Yeah, because if you did name it singularly, I'm like, this yeah. is our option. Yeah. Singular. Exactly. You can go to this thing, do this one thing, and then come back. Well, having that plural makes it to where you're not pigeonholed into. Yeah. And my tagline is "Where will your road take you?" That's it. So. That's awesome. That's um, I'm pumped. Now I'm trying to like, now I'm going to start doing some research on where to go next. Okay. I have uh, I have three standing trips a year to New York and back for family stuff, and outside of that, it's like, I'll go to the beach or, I don't know. It's usually like I'll go visit people, and it's never really, it's never super just do nothing yeah well justin did you know that traveling is actually good for you i feel like it should be it is there's there's some health benefits from traveling and um, they've actually done studies on it um one of the things is um it relaxes you Mm -hmm. you're relaxed you're able to come down and uh, reconnect with what's important sure um the second thing is is it clears your mind it gets you out it starts like creative processes going on in your brain because you're in a new location. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing different things. You know how uh, those random thoughts run through your head and oh, one yeah. connects to another and the original thought is nothing like the final thought. It's just so like just coming up with the name of a song in the shower. You're exactly. Like, That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm super pumped about this travel business. Well, good. I'm glad. And I'm glad that there's like people here locally that you can 
reach out to and say, hey, instead of calling across the country and being like, hey, guys that actively are seeking out my money, <laughs> I have questions for you. And they're going to be like, yeah, it's, everything's perfect here. Okay. Like, it's basically sandals, but with this. I'm like, well, I don't want that. That's what I do. A travel agent um, takes the stress because planning a, planning a trip Absolutely. can be really stressful, especially if you're adding something into it, like an anniversary trip mm-hmm. or a destination wedding or something. And what we do is we take that stress away. You tell me where you want to go or we decide where you're going to go mm-hmm. with me asking questions well, sure. to get the experience that you want to get. Because mm-hmm. my job is to give you that experience. Yeah. And so through That's asking awesome questions job. and everything, I can take, I can make sure that you have the visas that you need. Mm-hmm. I can make sure that I've got all the information about visas, passports, uh, travel restrictions, anything that you can think of. Um, I can offer travel insurance. I can, you say you want to go to Amsterdam, Berlin, yeah, you can do Barcelona and Rome trips. all in one trip. Mm-hmm. I can build that for you. And you don't want to have to go back to point A to fly home. Exactly. So yeah. that's always, that's always been a deterrent for me. It's like once I start linking different cities together, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, maybe we'll just do these one at a time. Like, cause <laughs> It's real easy to, like, New England, everything's within a four-hour drive, six mm-hmm. hours at the most. So you can go to Boston, and you can be in New York City and Portland, Maine in the same day if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. Well, when everything is that close, you just drive it. But Yeah, well, the train system in Europe is amazing. Um, oh, my God, yeah. They have uh, trains that are not exactly like the trains in Europe in Asia mm-hmm. there's um you know they've got the bullet train in Japan mm-hmm. that goes 120 miles an hour or something um there's ways to travel around oh, yeah. you don't you don't necessarily always have to get in a car and drive or take an airplane mm-hmm. what's your favorite mode of travel oh i would say probably taking a cruise i like to fly simply because I'm excited to start mm-hmm. and I want to get there as fast as I possibly can. Oh, sure. So, you know, flying is, you know, point A to point B. Right? Yeah, that's pro- Yeah, that's but more like if I'm, going. If I'm traveling, um, I do like a cruise, but I also like using the trains in Europe. Yeah. Because the trains in Europe um, You don't have to do easy. anything. Yeah. You don't, there's like, the, obviously there's stops along the way yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Well, but. the biggest problem I had before I got into to the travel industry was, you know, okay, where does this train leave? What track does this train leave Mm -hmm. from? In England, it's perfectly, you know, obvious that Mm -hmm. it's not a problem. But if you're in Germany or Paris or someplace Mm -hmm. like that, that was the biggest problem. And um, that's where sometimes Google Translate comes in. But once you're on the train... Yeah, you're there. It's beautiful. They've got... You just soak up the scenery through the window. Oh, yeah. There's... Restaurant cars, mm-hmm. bar cars, trying to do shots on a train. Yes. You ever done shots on a train? I've never done shots on a train. Okay. <laughs> I've done shots elsewhere, but we not should on do the that. train. <laughs> we should. Let's go find, let's see, what's the closest train Probably Atlanta. from here? Probably Atlanta. We should going. do that. Okay. We should put that on our bucket list for 2020, do Sounds, shots on a train. We can definitely do that. I'm up. All right. So. Um, anything else? I mean... I've got time. I've, I don't. My next meeting's at two. So if y'all just want to <laughs> hang out, I I don't mind hanging out at at all. Um, 
One of the things, though, that I'm really pushing right now mm-hmm. with the food and wine, I really would love, Napa Valley is a great place to go for your first wine tour. Sure. It's here in the States. You can make it as inexpensive or as expensive as you want it to. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to stay at a five-star uh, hotel and eat at a Michelin-starred restaurant mm-hmm. and, you know, then and, and travel in a chauffeur, a driven car, I yeah. can do all of that. Or you can go and, you know, you, we can find a nice comfort inn or, you yeah. know, something that's a little less expensive. Yeah, if you've got a budget already in place. And, you... and uh, the, there is a Napa Valley wine train. And I'm very well aware of this. <laughs> I have, I may or may not own tickets to that goofy thing today. Yes, it is. Um, it it is something else. It's a I it's an experience hope so, in itself. For my wife's sake. And so, and I also know a couple of wineries that aren't very well known, mm-hmm. but their wines are award winning. Yeah, like it. Um, California has a, a wine fair, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. several of them actually where wines are judged mm-hmm. and you can get a double gold and a lot of these wines rank up there with the wines that you think would be that are commercially produced commercially and, produced yeah. you can only get those wines at the winery and a lot of times that small batch stuff is actually there's a lot of a lot of old history and a lot of nuances mm-hmm. that go into that that when you're doing commercial bottling yeah you don't have time to get every bit of care mm-hmm. and love and this is what this is supposed to be in that bottle well when i was on my honeymoon i found this winery and this was back when napa valley wasn't quite as popular mm-hmm. as it is now yeah so it was easy to drive from one winery to another it's it's very um let's just say that um it's very crowded if you're driving yourself oh, absolutely um the winery that i'm thinking of is v Satui. um okay. it's, it was started by an italian immigrant um in the early 1900s and it's passed down through the family, and their wines, their reds especially, are amazing. And so that's kind of where I learned about wine and how to drink it, and and you know what to look for in the taste sure. and everything. And they had they were only one of the only wineries that had a little deli, and they've got this beautiful these beautiful grounds that you can go and sit and have a picnic mm-hmm. on with you know drink a bottle of wine, have a baguette and some cheese yeah. and. It's amazing. And now they've gotten to the point where if you're a member of their wine club, you can go to their Harvest Ball every October. It's, it, it is something yeah, else. And you won't find their wines on the shelf. See, that's the way. I don't know. I think that's a, that is the beauty in itself of travel. Because mm-hmm. that, that one bottle of wine only lives in that one area of the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you're going to know what that tastes like is if you take your sorry butt over there and get after it. Oh, yes. So Yeah. Life is all about the experience. It is. It's and all about the experience. At so. the end of the day, like, that's all you have. You have your stories and your experiences and everything else can be, I mean, somebody come in here and strong arm every bit of nonsense in this office off of me. But you can't steal experiences and you can't steal. No, and those are the, that, like that. when I talk about people want experiences, those are the type of experiences they want. Absolutely. They want to get lost in a little back road in some European or Asian town mm-hmm. just looking, you know, yeah. for for something different. You know, they, you can when we were in Rome with, with my parents back in the eighties, we went around a corner and found this cafe that was so good. Mm-hmm. They, um, we ate there for every meal when we were in the city of Rome. We'd stayed in Rome for a week 
And if we weren't on a trip over yeah. the evening, that's where we'd eat. It got to the point where we ate there so much that our last night in Rome. There's bringing you stuff and like, try this. They closed down the restaurant. That's awesome. They I just closed down the restaurant. Everybody that worked there was family. Yeah. And they just kept bringing dish after dish See, after awesome. dish. And we got to know them. And yes. You're not you know, going to get that at a Charlie's. Exactly. You know, you're not going to. Them gonna... dudes are trying to do side work and get to the house. Probably get to the bar, actually. They, exactly. They're trying, to get, they're trying to get out after yeah. work. They are not going so, so I always tell my people, the, my clients, that, you know, if you're going to Paris, don't go to McDonald's. <sighs> don't go to TGI Fridays. Find, don't even go to the expensive, well-known restaurants sure. that, there are, that, that are there on the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. Um, Find a back road in a nice neighborhood. Obviously, yeah. you well, got to be smart when you travel. Long, no, that's London. Never mind, but never um, but find a back road somewhere, may, maybe around the Saint Germain mm-hmm. um, area of Paris, and find that little hole in the wall cafe. Yeah, some of the best food I've ever eaten in any country I've ever been has been off the beaten track and tucked away somewhere interesting. All my favorite food places, every one of them, there is a owner. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's, it's all old recipes. Like even locally, like you have, um, like Cookies Corner down here, mm-hmm. incredible. Um, Glows that was around forever. Bishops up here, those that place has been a staple in Dothan for a, a bunch of years. When I was young, we used to go to the Conestoga a lot. Yeah, so absolutely. You know, yeah, I I I get it. Yeah, Old Mill Conestoga. Godforsaken Chuck Wagon and Chipley. <laughs> but McClins. Yeah. Delville. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's it's places like that. Or like Tomatinos in Montgomery. It's a great pizza mm-hmm. place in Old Cloverdale. Or um Silvertron in Birmingham's a great place for brunch or dinner. And that's up in the Highlands area of Birmingham. But they're all like they're not super commercial. They're not they're not over the top. Um like technology based, like wow centers mm-hmm. of, of what, of design. No fusions of, yeah, there's, you know. yeah, it's just like, this is what we do and this is what we've done for 50 years and mm-hmm. it's the best. And that's why we've been doing it yeah. the same way for 50 years. So, that's you know, sometimes, it. sometimes you want to, you know, have a meal under that famous chef. Mm-hmm. Um, other times you're just looking for the local cuisine. Yeah. You know, and if you can, you know, I've, I've been talking about, or as mentioned, this river cruise through Bordeaux, France. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Ama Waterways is the river cruise company. And they're not inexpensive, but they're certainly not... The most expensive. The most expensive. It's not expensive. a yacht situation. Exactly. And, you know, I can't imagine how many restaurants have... there. I'm sure there's lots of Michelin star restaurants in that area. Oh, yeah. In that area. But I can't imagine how many more little cafes and family-owned restaurants are there. And anywhere you go, the food is going to be delicious. Because they were all trained by those Michelin star chefs. Exactly. And they just you know? got tired of the day-to-day with this boss, and they're going to go but work for this boss. the Michelin star chef is going to charge a lot more, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Just Now I'm hungry, and I don't want to do any work, and I just want to go do things that <laughs> aren't getting work done. I just want to go look at stuff. Well, you know, I can... If you want to go away for a little while, I can get you to Chile, and uh, you can visit those wineries over there. And their food, I mean... I have to 
go renew a passport. My, actually, <laughs> my old passport, it's such a shame. I'm trying to think. It is not. It is not up in the office. Mm. So my old passport expired in like, I don't know, 2011. But it was around, yeah, this thing's last 10 years. So yeah, my senior year in high school, I was just an antagonist and for no reason. So <laughs> uh, we were skateboarding in Pensacola and I found out that there was a alternative lifestyle merchandise store. It was the easiest. I mean, technically, that's exactly the way to word that. It's a gay pride shop. And so, like, I went in and bought, like, bought some stickers to slap on some cars of my friends just to be a wise guy here and there. And I ended up buying a T-shirt that said Y2K on it because it was right around the Y2K virus. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. worried about the clocks never working and yes. just the, the planet's going to spin off the axis and we're, mm-hmm. we're doomed. And I thought, this is also at a time where it was socially acceptable to call things gay and it mean like goofy or silly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my passport photo, I have that shirt on <laughs> and I could not get to 2011 fast enough. So I had to renew that thing. And so now I will have a reasonable looking passport where people that can read the English language don't look at you like you're a psychopath when they look at <laughs> when you're checking stamping your customs book. Well, yeah, that's one way of, um, <laughs> of being embarrassed about your passport yeah. photo. That, that <laughs> was the least embarrassing part about the whole thing. Like, I had long hair. I was a, 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 my facial, um, my makeup removal routine every day was not ideal. So my complexion was a disaster. <laughs> Dude, I look like a nasty, I just look like a wiry, very wiry lesbian when I was 17. With okay. bad with bad hygiene, but it's I'm trying to picture that. But I, it's not worth it. <laughs> if you're going to have lunch and like continue living your life, it's not worth it. So, well, but I certainly appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you so much I'm for having me. Excited about this, man. This is this I, is good stuff. I love to travel. It's my passion. And well, people, I love helping people travel. People get so wrapped up in like wanting to go and wanting to go and wanting to go that they just they put blinders on they don't worry about what they're going to do when they get there they just go and then they get there and they're what now because i've traveled with a ton of people a lot of times usually it's the same eight six to eight people and if you do like a trip a like a flight trip maybe i don't know quarterly or twice a year with the same eight people Mm -hmm. eventually you start praying for the plane to go down (laughs) because they have driven you up the wall you, that somebody has made plans for everybody and not told anybody else. They're like, well, yeah, we've got a reservation in eight minutes of this. Well, I'm in the shower. I'm not going to that. I ate 12 minutes ago. I'm not. And then, yeah. Yeah. So having it's, a, it's always good to um, to plan with the group as opposed to by yourself. Don't yeah, dude. I've been telling people that. I was like, you guys got to start bouncing some of these ideas off of us because. I feel like I'm in middle school. Well, They're see, just the like, all right, time, our next stop's over next here. Next time, bring the group to me, and I can tell you Exactly. Care of that. That's exactly so. my point, is I'm tired of yeah. being, I'm not renting another stinking house in a different city and then looking at everybody in somebody else's living room and be like, what do you guys want to do today? There's there's no reason. I feel like you should, I'm not saying have every minute Plans. itineraried out, but... but. It's it's important to have some some big things and sure. then, and some time away from everybody. You definitely too. need some downtime. And uh, there's one other thing that I do want to bring up. Sometimes when people get that bill of 
oh my gosh, it's going to be $6,000 for my family to go or $12,000 for my family to go someplace. And they're like, oh, I, I don't want to take that much money out of my bank account. Um, I do have a program, it's called Uplift, mm-hmm. where they can talk to um, a lender. They can lend the, um, the money mm-hmm. to... Um, so you basically the, finance the we, trip. We can finance the trip, and it's 12 equal payments oh, rad. Over, over the year. So, I mean, it doesn't have to come out of your account yeah, all at not, once. Yeah. You don't have to be like 12, li- 12 grand liquid and be like, here you go. Just slide yes. across the table for a trip. So, That's some baller activity. If you just got 12 grand sitting in cash and you're like, hey, yeah, I want to take uh, me and my wife and two kids to wherever. Well, if you're going to go anywhere outside the United States, you'd be surprised at how expensive it is. Oh, it gets it there quick. Get. It gets there quick. Yes. Absolutely. You know, so it's it's not something, you know, I get to travel because of what I do. I have to. Absolutely. Um, my husband and kids don't always get to go with me. But when they do, um, we took a, a cruise for Christmas, mm-hmm. and that's a high travel time, so the prices were up. But it was well over $6,000. And... That is something that uh, when I figured it out, even I went, yeah, I'm not really sure about this. Um, sticker shock's a real thing until you realize you people, there's um, people just need to learn the difference between cost and value or price and value Mm -hmm. because value value outweighs price every time. And if you don't want to finance your trip, plan ahead, plan a year ahead, absolutely, so that you can put the down payment and pay a little bit over time so you don't. I mean, there's there's that two ways mm-hmm. to do it. One involves an APR, the other one doesn't. I have a app on my phone called Digit, and it swindles money out of my bank account on a daily basis. It, on average, pulls probably four four to six hundred bucks a month out of my checking account and puts it in a digital savings account. And mm-hmm. then anytime I like, I've got one set up for travel, one set up for like rainy day fund, mm-hmm. which might get cashed in today. <laughs> Might, might go make it rain on this rainy day fund. Oh, most definitely. So, but yeah, there's all millions of ways to save, and I think being able to talk to people face to face about what mm-hmm. it is that I want to do and where it is I want to go, and what well, kind of experience. Having those experiences are really invaluable. People that don't take <coughs> vacations, um, they or die they at just, thirty-seven. Is what just happens. Ta- just just stay um, in a general area. People who do travel overseas have such a larger world view. Sure. And they're, um, they understand that not everybody is, well, is little, like we are in South little, Alabama. There's a little more compassion involved when there you've is. seen a lot. When, you've, when you travel a lot, you, you, care about, you care about a lot more. And you, it's, easy, it's easier to put yourself in somebody else's yeah. position. And the world gets a little bit smaller when yeah, you do that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it, I can't... Like I said, I have a passion for travel. I can't think of anything better to do. Sure. And even even in my house, we don't give the kids Christmas gifts or birthday gifts anymore. Mm. They just decided they just wanted experiences, and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily take one every year. Sure. But we try to take one, you know, at least every couple of years. That's what my wife and I do. We, like, obviously, she's my best friend, but we do, like, we're, like, kids like we're we do everything together and like travel is very very easy with her because she knows she knows if there's danger that i will get between her and danger and that if there's 
I don't know. Any anything needs to be done that a guy needs to do, I'm ready ready to get after it. But she um it's just so much fun traveling with her. We when we did our honeymoon, we knew we wanted to we had talked about doing a road trip up into New England, but we didn't want to fly there. I mean we didn't want to drive from here all the mm-hmm. way up. So what we did was we flew from Atlanta to um, LaGuardia and then took a cab from LaGuardia to Grand Central and then took a train from Grand Central to mm-hmm. New Haven, Connecticut, rented a car in New Haven and drove up to Portland, Maine. Oh, wow. And then just, that was the first day. And then, no, I think we stayed, no, we stayed in Mystic, Connecticut and went to Mystic Pizza because why wouldn't you? And then, <laughs> yeah, woke up the next morning, drove to Portland, Maine and then just slowly crept back and we're this is why you need a travel agent because I'm booking I'm driving down the interstate trying to find a hotel and during the during the fall foliage rager of uh you're not gonna find one no no there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of that going on so So sleeping in your car on the side of the road is not a real good way to spend your honeymoon I don't know I've never done that (laughs) luckily I definitely would not have been doing it uh, with anybody else. I would have been sleeping on my own in the back of this. I'll show you a picture when we're done of okay. the vehicle that we owned. This is what, another reason you plan ahead because yes. I've was I booked my rental car on the train to pick up the rental car. Mm-hmm. I'm very much like, we'll just throw all these circumstances out there and it'll shake out and hopefully it'll work. Yeah. And it's not... It's not ideal for well, a stress-free life. I'm going to leave you with a story of why travel insurance is really good. Yeah. And why you need to have a travel advisor book your trip. Sure. Um, it was in the paper. I think, I can't remember which um, news organization that I um, that I saw it on, but it was in their travel section. Mm-hmm. Um, this was several years ago, so we don't have to worry about the coronavirus oh, yeah. thing here. But there was a couple that was taking the Asian port portion of a world cruise. And so they were in Tokyo. Um, I think they started in Tokyo. And then they went to another uh, port. I don't know which one it was. I think it was like Korea. But it wasn't Hong Kong. They were left at that port because they didn't have visas to China. Ooh. And they weren't planning on getting off the boat in China. But China requires that everybody Just on to the be boat at the dock. has to have a visa. You're inside that border at that point. Exactly. So they had to make their way to the next port after China, pay for it themselves, find their own lodging, and all because they booked it through the cruise company. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure the cruise company sent an email oh, saying yeah. stuff. But, but there was you know, nobody that picked up the phone and was like, you guys realize exactly. that you're going to get trapped. So, um, you know, using a travel agent or a travel advisor, I could have said, we're going to have to get you a visa mm-hmm. for um, China, mm-hmm. and you need to find travel insurance because... Travel insurance through a third party protects you. Travel sure. insurance through the company that you're protects going with the protects the company. And should the worst happen and something happen and somebody dies on a trip, Oof. the ex the um the cost to get the remains back to the United States is a lot. Can cost up to about five hundred thousand dollars, depending mm-hmm. on where in the world you are. Yeah. And I'm sure nobody has $500,000 just sitting around that they can get to there. A lot of times if somebody trips and, you know, even if they just fracture their ankle and they put a a walking cast on, 
a lot of companies, such as Mexico, have pay-as-you-go. Yeah. So they won't treat you until you pay for it. Sure. And that can get expensive. So travel insurance is very highly recommended. Mm -hmm. It's not mandatory. You can go on trips without travel insurance, but it's highly recommended. And that's why I wanted to tell tell you about the couple going to China. Yeah, that's... Because, you know, it's... It illustrates the point that this is this can be serious money. If yeah, you, yeah. If you don't take it take exactly. it seriously, it can get serious in a no, heartbeat. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, it may just be fine. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But if you get that one trip, yeah, and it can yeah. it can ruin your whole experience. Anomalies are not always ideal. No. Ugh, man. So I just wanted to tell you how important the travel insurance is, well, too. So. Yeah, I've. I've missed fly- like missing flights is one thing mm-hmm. that's that all shakes out pretty easily, but yeah, getting getting stuck at a port because your documentation's not necessarily exactly correct or well, what, what they're about your for. flight being delayed and you miss the ship? Yeah. So. Uh yeah, cruises scare me anyway. Like just the we had talked about doing a cruise for our honeymoon, and I started picturing. I started picturing all the people that I didn't like in the world <laughs> being on that boat and then just me stuck there. And I was like, this is causing me anxiety. I'm nowhere even near putting on flip-flops. Like, let's just go north. They, they do try um, to keep everybody um, clean. And oh, sure. out of all of the, tr- the uh, cruises right now that are going, the number of people that have come down with or shown symptoms of coronavirus mm-hmm. is really very low. Yeah. Um, it's mostly on the, uh, Asian cruises mm-hmm. where people from China are on there. Yeah. Um, some of the cruise lines have taken the step of temporarily banning people from China being on their ship mm-hmm. because of this. They're really trying to do the best that they possibly can. They encourage people to wash their hands several times a day. Yeah. Um, I was just recently on a Royal Caribbean cruise, even before the coronavirus came out. And, you know, the, the term that the lady that was greeting us into the buffet area is washy-washy. Oh, and <laughs> That's not what you want. Exactly. But you you wash your hands, and it keeps down not just on the coronavirus, but on just other everything. things that can be passed from person mm-hmm. to person. Sneezes. Sneezes. Coughs. Ugh. Yeah. Sniffles sometimes. Yeah. Now I'm just now I just have a loop of ailments running in my head constantly. <laughs> cruising, oh man, cruising is fun. I, I think if you went on one cruise, I feel like boats. You would really like it. I like boats, but I I don't love crowds, and that's really the that's there the conundrum. There are some smaller cruise companies out there. Um, well, there's Stark um, Windjammer and Star mm-hmm. Clippers. Yeah. They're a little more expensive, but they're smaller boats. They can go into more places. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they pull out their sails. Yeah. So it's it's a really cool experience. So there's something for everybody on a cruise. There really start is. Start into this cruise business. I'm always, I don't know, I always do everything wrong. I'm like, this is the way it's supposed to be done. I'm going to try to do it the hardest way possible just to prove that it's not the only way that it can be done. But I think the way you're doing the travel booking and getting to know your clientele and like educating them on what they're going to need to get in and out of places and what they what they need to b- expect or bring or 
whatever to make it's all about building relationships and customer service. If those, yeah, if those relationships are there and you can say, Janice from enterprise, you want to go like, I've been working with you for two years. I know what you're after. I know the types of things you're trying to do. This came across my desk the other day. I don't know what your schedule is like for the next six months, but this is the window that's available. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yes. I think exactly. that's awesome. That is such a such an amazing way to make a living and such a fun way to like get to know your the people in your community. And I mean, it goes back to the more you expose yourself to and the more you dig into other people and other cultures and why things happen a different way. Okay. Then you start knowing exact. Then you start feeling like a connectivity between everything, and then everything positively rises with the tide. It does. Awesome, man. This has been a great, very. I've enjoyed this a lot. No, well, thank you. It's for my a first Tuesday podcast. morning. <laughs> Thursday morning. This Mardi Gras week, y'all. It is killing me. I have been. I'm telling you, doing nothing but building parade floats. I have a newspaper. I've got to build. Uh, before Sunday. I have a parade that I have to be in, or I have a float that I have to build before Saturday. And so I've already told my wife that once I get off that parade float Saturday afternoon, (laughs) my phone is powering down, and I will come out of the office on, like, Monday. I'm going to be like Punxsutawney Phil. No, it'll still be fun. It's a good experience. So It is going to be fun. I'm excited about it. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you if they are needing to book some travels. Um, you can call me at mm-hmm. 334-406-5685. Okay. That's 406-5685. Or you can email me at carolyn mm-hmm. at com. Awesome. I will. And amberroadstravel.com is your website. Yes, it's my website. And remember to put that S on roads. Yeah. And it's a road you drive. Yes. Not the road scholars. But. Yeah. Or roads. Like, well, there's a million roads. There, <laughs> there's a roads... Uh, Microphone company and yeah. So amberroads.com. Well, thank you, not Amber. I'm trying to call you Amber. I'm sure everybody. Amber, it's fine. I answer to that too. At this stage, I I would as well. Well, thanks, Terrell. I certainly appreciate you coming. Thanks, Justin. Thank you for having me. Anytime. If you're interested in having your story featured on the local podcast, hit us up at wiregrasslocal at gmail.com or give us a shout on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the local podcast. 